What's up, jerks? Hello and welcome to episode 188 of Retro Encounter, RPG fans' podcast of many topics. I'm Mike Solosi, and I am here with, uh, let's see, uh, two excellent co-hosts here to talk about video games and movies today, uh, starting with Peter Treisenberg. Hi, everybody. I'm, uh, I'm Peter Treisenberg, a uh, resident of Rhyme City. And joining Peter and I is Rob Steinman. I'm so old, I only played Pokemon Red and Blue. Oh my. Well, uh, Rob, <laughs> um, Peter and I have played considerably more Pokemon games than you because we have been on, oh god, Peter, uh, five, six Pokemon episodes over the it, years it, of Retro Encounter? It's... It's been a it's been a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think I officially get fired if I don't do one Persona episode a year and one Pokemon episode a year. So I should already be fired. We've talked a lot about Pokemon on this podcast in the past, but today we're talking about something unusual uh, regarding that popular franchise, Pokemon Detective Pikachu, a movie that released worldwide only a few days ago over the weekend. So we are. Um, uh, all three of us have seen the movie, and our opinions are very fresh. And, uh, listener, if you're asking why we're talking about movies on a video games podcast, it's because May is Tribute Month for Retro Encounter, in which I pay tribute to three of my favorite podcasts with three special-themed episodes. And today's tribute is to How Did This Get Made, a podcast about crazy or, unu- or unusual movies, hosted by Paul Shear, June Diane Raphael, and Jason Manzukas. So we are going to be trying our own version of How Did This Get Made today with Pokemon Detective Pikachu. So uh, I'm going to start with you, Rob. Yes. Um, what were your expectations going into this movie? Uh, so when they first announced Detective Pikachu, I got to admit, I was kind of rolling my eyes a little bit um, because I didn't know how well that was going to translate to the screen. you know. And then when you hear that it's not going to be Danny DeVito, it's going to be Ryan Reynolds, it's like, oh, come on. Um, <laughs> I mean, that was an amusing but head-scratching decision. I, it really was. Um, but then when the first trailer came out, like, I, I was kind of floored by it. I was like, wow, this actually looks absolutely amazing. Like, this looks like it's going for a real Who Framed Roger Rabbit theme, and I was totally down for it. Yeah. I will say, I think maybe my expectations were a little too high because every trailer looks so damn good. So when I saw it, I was like, okay, this is good. Like, this is not as jaw-dropping as I wanted it to be. Um, But it's like, the fact that I had high expectations shows that they had something good to begin with. So I I went from feeling like, no, this is going to be terrible to, wow, I am actually really down with this. Awesome. Uh, And Peter, same question. What were your expectations going in? Uh, I was kind of, yeah, kind of on the same vein. I was really skeptical when they first announced it because I think, it's Detective Pikachu um, is also a 3DS game. It's kind of like Pokemon Ace Attorney. Um, and, I, <laughs> and I think they announced the game in the movie around the same time. I, I don't know. Um, exactly. But once they announced that, A, they were making a live-action Pokemon movie, and B, it was going to be Detective Pikachu. Yeah, that, I was kind of, yeah, like I said, I was very skeptical. Um, and even when the first trailer dropped, I think there was a lot... There was an initial wave of, like confusion i don't want to say backlash um to the live the designs of the creatures how they looked in live action i think they took a little bit of getting used to once we saw more of them in motion and especially once they released that uh that like demo reel trailer that showed just just showed off a bunch of pokemon that was when i was like fully on board with it and really excited for it and now that i've seen it i'm pleased to say i think they did as good a job as they could (laughs) i would say for me most of the Pokemon designs were great, especially Pikachu, who, like, they needed to nail that one. Yeah. Um, but some of them were a little rough. Like, I am a big Eevee fan. I know, I know. Call me a hipster all day. That's totally fine. <laughs> I don't it, like that. I thought the Eevee design looked weird. It had a weird face. And the same, yeah. thing, the same thing for Flareon. Like, I, I think of Eevee as um supposed to be, you know, like a very fluffy, cute version of, like, a laboratory mouse or rat. Because and it can evolve different ways. So, but its face was like oddly, almost alien-like or human-like. When when it when I think it should have been more mouse-like or animal-like. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it didn't. It didn't go full Sonic the Hedgehog. So like we're 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 not. (laughs) There were there were not visibly. Yeah, we were not there. (laughs) There were no visible human teeth in the Eevee's face. Are we are we living in a gangster's paradise, guys? Okay, uh, I'm sorry that we're derailing this. We are living in a Gengar's paradise. Wow. Wow. Um, was that trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog super subversive by using Gangster's Paradise to base it off of a very old 
fan-made trailer or were they going for a 90s thing? I can't believe they're that credit. I, that they're, I they're, don't they're, think I don't think they're that clever. They what, can't be that clever. Whatever right? whatever they were going for, the joke did not land and everyone was just confused or maybe even upset. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, we had to talk about uh, Sonic the Hedgehog for a second, but no, I, I think that what we're all kind of saying with Detective Pikachu is that for the most part, the designs are great, um, which I think kind of plays into the greater theme of the movie, which is this is proof that a Pokemon movie franchise actually works because the hardest part was getting the Pokemon right and they got it. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that was my thoughts too. My my uh, expectations might have been lower than both of yours because I saw the trailer and my thoughts were, okay, Pikachu looks good. That's like uh, the movie looks expensive. Um, like you can tell that effort and care went into this, but this has to be a train wreck, right? Was my sort of thoughts. And I went in and I went and saw the movie. Um, out of you know, you know like trying to you know stay positive and and going in with an open mind and my expectations were exceeded i thought it was uh, i thought it was ultimately pretty good and we'll have uh we'll talk about specifics uh <laughs> shortly of course but um but yeah the pokemon looked good in this movie and um and and certain scenes really hit the hit my the nostalgia parts of my brain that I'm sure they were aiming for. So it was mm-hmm. uh, there was a lot to like about the visual design of this movie. And Robert's earlier comparison of Who Framed Roger Rabbit is very apt because uh, mm-hmm. even though the, the you know the CGI and green screen technology is much more <laughs> much more sophisticated now. Uh, so like uh, and you know uh, Bob Hoskins interacting with the cartoon with the tunes in the '80s. Look was a lot more awkward looking than uh, um, our main characters inter- interacting with Pokemon in this movie, but uh, it's a movie. It's it has a setting where the audience is assumed to at least know the source material a little bit. Like people going into Roger Rabbit know who what Warner Brothers and Disney cartoons are, and people. I don't think you want it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! How amazing is it that that movie had a Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny shtick, and then a Donald Duck and Daffy Duck sh- uh, shtick in the same movie? Uh, that, yeah. Who Framed Roger Rabbit still blows me away. But anyway, yeah. um, but I, I think going into Pokemon Detective Pikachu assumes that its audience. N- knows what Pokemon are, or at, at yeah. least, uh, if, if you don't maybe know every Pokemon in the movie, you know what Pikachu is, and you know what Pokemon is. So, mm-hmm. and, and, I think, uh, um, go ahead. I was to say, I think more, even more importantly than the Pokemon designs, one of the things they had to get right was the, the how the world looks and feels. Um, and I think that's another thing this movie did really well, is that the world looks like it's designed with the, the Pokemon in mind. Like one of my favorite little bits is there's a bit where you can see an octillery uh, making food, like in a, in a food stall. <laughs> yeah. And um, it, it feels like a lived in uh, rhyme city feels like a lived in Pokemon city, but uh, they also make it clear that uh, it's unusual, even in this world in how open and uh, present Pokemon are like, they, like it's the one city in the world where people in Pokemon live side by side. Pokemon, uh, Pokemon fights are illegal. You're not, uh, people don't keep Pokemon and Pokeballs in rhyme city, but in other cities they do. Cause in a, a very early scene in the movie, the main character tries to catch a Cubone. Um, and, and, uh, and that, you know, brings you the uh idea of in like in the first hour of a pokemon game you go into tall grass yourself try to sneak up on a pokemon and capture it with a pokeball but it doesn't quite work because he didn't he didn't wear the cubone down enough (laughs) i feel like cubone is my spirit animal by the way uh just a very angry club wielding uh small little guy i feel like that's me uh so i kind of identify with cubone a little bit (laughs) even though both of those characters early on were in their 20s they like they had like goofy jackets and and huge backpacks and we're like stalking this cubone it's like okay if they were 15 years younger this would totally be the very beginning of a pokemon game yeah Yeah, it looks it it, it honestly reminded me of the commercials for pokemon go a little bit yeah oh yeah yeah. Uh, that, that fits but but also uh I mean, they do a lot of things that I think are smart adaptations for that a Pokemon movie should make. They uh, they mention Pokemon battles and Pokemon trainers and have them on posters on walls like they're professional athletes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and oh, uh, and, and like, like Peter mentioned earlier, in Rhyme City, where Pokemon are much more out and about, um, there's Pokemon doing everyday tasks like a a, ma- a Machamp directing traffic. That, and, was, uh, that was great. And a particularly hilarious ludicolo working at a diner uh shout out alana's spirit animal ludicolo she when she saw that in the trailer she was that the duck one 
Was the, that the duck one? Uh, duck-like with a sort of a, a lily pad on its head, but not Psyduck. Uh, it was thing that was copy. Yeah. Again, I've only played uh, Red and Blue, so there were a lot of Pokemon I didn't oh, yeah. know. Ludicolo's Gen 3. Uh, oh, okay. So uh, that would have been Ruby uh, Sapphire. Ruby Sapphire. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but they, the Pokemon designs, I mean, you have... Snorlax and 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 uh, and Machamp directing traffic, and those are both Gen One. And then, but there was a couple like I didn't know what the mushroom things uh, in the sort of healing scene in the in the around the middle of the movie were until I looked it up later. They're called Morlulls, which are a Gen Seven Pokemon that I must have skipped over when I was playing mm-hmm. a Pokemon Sun version last year. But, they also had a they also had Comfy, um in that same scene, the like uh, the one that looks like a um, a string of flowers flying. Mm, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I saw that too, but I, I, I don't know if I recognize that one either. I, I didn't see it that clearly. So, were were there any Pokemon from uh, Sword and Shield? Like that feels like a missed opportunity if no. they didn't do that. No, there wasn't any new Pokemon. Yeah, the um, the only Pokemon from Sword of Shield, Sword and Shield that we know of for sure now are the three starters and that one legendary one that was in a version of Pokemon Go. Yeah, Meltan. 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 Yeah, so uh, we did not see Meltan or uh, any of the are or uh, what are they? Scorbunny, um, uh, Scorbunny, Sobble, and uh, Garuki. Yeah, we didn't see either of any of those in this movie, but uh, I'm sure we will see some of them at uh, and probably more at E3 in a we few did, weeks. We did. We did see a couple of Molga, which was my favorite reference because I love that little electric flying squirrel thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw Molga and Pachirisu, which are uh, very cute electric squirrels that are not Pikachu. They, they, they have a penchant for electric rodents and, and lap, lapines. In, uh, they Pokemon know world. where their bread is buttered. Yeah. They know yeah. where the money is. They, really they do, do a new one every They do a new one every gen. <laughs> so, and anyway, the, the Pokemon, I thought, almost all looked great in this movie. Uh, the Mr. Mime scene was amusing, but uh, Mr. <laughs> Mime himself looked a little terrifying. And uh, and we might have our you know little niggles here and there, like we don't like how Evie's face looks. But uh, overall, I thought the visual presentation was really strong. the The CGI was very very heavy, but mm-hmm. but not ugly. No, it wasn't ugly. Yeah, I don't think there was ever a point where I was like, "This looks wrong." Well, okay, aside from one in particular, but that was intentional. <laughs> All right, yeah, think, you know what I'm I, talking I think, about. I think I know what we're talking about. But anyway, <laughs> let's get into the be, into the meat of the movie a little bit. Our main character, uh, whose name escapes me, uh, yeah, Tim. Tim Goodman is an insurance salesman who is not really that into Pokemon, even though uh, the world he lives in revolves around Pokemon. Uh, but he's he never had a very close relationship with his father, who lives in Rhyme, who's a detective in Rhyme City. So he gets a letter that his father has dis- that his father has passed away. He visits Rhyme City, speaks to his uh, father's like police chief boss, and uh, and uh, explores his dad's old apartment, which has a room in it that was was supposed to be Tim's room should Tim ever move in with his dad, and uh, and while he's exploring the apartment, he runs into a Pikachu that's also investigating the apartment. The Pikachu can talk, which is crazy because Pokemon in this world in this universe do not cannot communicate with humans directly. And and both Tim and Pikachu are aware of the weirdness of this, and uh, that Pikachu is uh, Tim's father's former partner, and Pikachu is convinced that uh, Tim's father Harry is still alive, and they embark on a quest to investigate Harry's disappearance. This you know things spiral out of control. There's a uh, a, a businessman uh, who uh, runs a lot of Rhyme City, who also has a son who is uh, who's trying to. Um, possibly usurp his father's legacy. There's an investigative reporter lady that is trying to go look into the conspiracy that Harry uh, was also investigating. And basically it's a normal-ish sort of crime uh, plot that is completely uh, thrown on its head near the end and also heavily features Pokemon, which most crime stories do not uh, do not incorporate. <laughs> but uh, what did we think of the sort of action moment to moment action of this of this movie like do you think the the detective part of the story worked do you think that this you know maybe could have been made without pokemon i think i think the first act of the movie when they're just setting up the world and then introducing tim and pikachu to each other and they're getting to know each other that works really well i think the end the third part of the movie where it's like super bombastic and exciting and everything's kind of coming to light is really well done we will talk about act three later but i, I don't and want to talk the, about the, the twist there yeah. yet <laughs> yeah i think the connecting tissue is a little 
forced. Um, it, not like bad necessarily, but it's very kids movie tropey, if that makes sense. Which, I mean, I'm not going to knock a Pokemon movie for having kind of a predictable story. But after a while, well, pretty much the second the real bad, the bad guy shows up, you're just like, yep, that's a bad guy. <laughs> Rob, do you have any thoughts about yeah. the plot overall? So I, it was very bombastic uh, for me. Like, as soon as he gets to his dad's apartment and it kind of, like, kicks into high gear, I was kind of overwhelmed by it, honestly. Like, in a good way. I mean, it's actually a very short movie. It's only, like, 90 minutes. So that beginning, like, almost Blade Runner-esque neon city, like, I, I felt really, really strongly, and I felt like I was in that world from the very start. So it, it kind of grabs your attention and keeps you moving the whole way through. So... I would say that, you know, we're going to leave that that ending discussion uh, for a few minutes, but I was immediately grabbed by it and immediately pulled into it in a very positive mm-hmm. way. Yeah, I thought the scene setting was really good. I mentioned that uh, scene where Tim tries to catch a Cubone and fails. That that really that cute. <laughs> yeah that, that really hit home for me because it like again that feels like the beginning of a Pokemon video game. But uh, other than that, this movie does not feel like a Pokemon video game. Tim is not trying to catch Pokemon. He's he's trying to find out what happened to his father, while making a connection with his, uh, with his father's Pikachu. But like, do do you think a movie like Pokemon Red Blue could work? That that was just strictly um, Pokemon fighting and and trying to become champion. Because I think it was a good a good move not to make that movie yet. But. I mean, if if this ends up being uh, a Pokemon cinematic universe, a, a PCU that is that is not the um, the, the college screwball comedy starring uh, Jeremy Piven, um, do, do we do we think that a, a Pokemon Ooh, deep cine- cut. yeah deep right? cut. <laughs> thank you um, <laughs> do we think that a Pokemon cinematic universe could happen if this movie's huge? I really so, hope so. <laughs> yeah, I I I think that the. Uh... The action scene kind of in the middle of the movie that showed uh, what Pokemon battles look like, even though Gengar was absolutely horrifying in that scene, um, <laughs> like looks straight out of a Ghostbusters movie. Uh, I, I think that's what they were going for, though. I think they definitely could, but I think for my money, what I'm more interested in is much the same way that like the Marvel Cinematic Universe has found like so much overwhelming success is because each movie kind of is its own thing. Like my wife and I were watching uh, Black Panther again the other night and that movie feels very different from like Guardians of the Galaxy, which feels very different from mm-hmm. Thor Ragnarok. So I think having this kind of detective mystery movie is a good first shot and you could do a Pokemon battle movie. Like I'm, I'm just imagining like a Rocky montage right now with Pokemon. You can, you can, you're yeah, all thinking I, it too. No, I, you're I, all I, thinking it too. I, I, um, I, the movie I thought of specifically was real steel that, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that, uh, because it's about, you know, a man's connection with, uh, with a non-human, but in this sort of, you know, like sports combat movies kind of setting. Also, a much better movie than it had any right to be. Yeah, that was uh, uh, surprising, an, 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 surprisingly good. Yeah, another movie that just uh, annihilated my expectations. I think my expectations were lower for that thing. But uh, when they want to break everyone's hearts, they can do like the Pokemon version of Chappie, and then we'll be all crying. Oh, no, no, man. Oh God, no! <laughs> That's horrifying. No, I mean, okay, to say extremely current. How about a Pokemon version of John Wick, where a, a, a man's prize, <laughs> where a, a man's beloved Pikachu dies in the first fifteen minutes, and then he immediately catches. Is, I don't know a uh, uh, what's something intimidating a genesect uh, yeah yeah he 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 catches a genesect and just annihilates all of Pokemon League for the next hour forty minutes we we could all see that developing <laughs> like that that's a movie mm-hmm. that is very clearly I, a movie I think though I I think I agree though that it's good for them to have started with Detective Pikachu in hindsight because. A, the benefit of having the talking Pikachu and Ryan Reynolds being a very strong comedic uh, comedic actor, like that that helps bring in that helps give it something recognizable for general audiences to latch on to. Plus, it's a little easier to. I mean, I think most people who are watching this movie would be familiar with Pokemon as a general concept. Yeah, they they. they I think you need to be at least familiar with it as a general concept. It's uh, it's not very well explained what a Pokemon is. 
if you go no. in, if you go in cold, this movie will be almost incomprehensible for a while. I think. But but at the same time too, it's like if you if you just do like an adaptation of the games or the anime, like the main characters in those games are pretty much blank slates. And, oh yeah. You know, Ash isn't Ash isn't much of an improvement. <laughs> and, and honestly, um, Justice Smith who plays Tim, I thought he did a really good job. He's a uh, yeah. Just just a very good young actor. He he emoted. Yeah. I I never felt like he was. I don't know. I didn't feel like he was scenery chewing. He um he was you know reluctant or even resistant in the first part of the movie, and then you could I, I think you can see the connection grow, uh throughout. And uh this is jumping ahead a little bit, but there's a scene where um, uh, uh Tim and Lucy, Lucy's the uh, reporter girl I mentioned before. They're escaping hmm. a facility, and like the the earth is sort of uh, upturning around them. It ends up being. You know, it ends up that being that the uh, the large field there or forest they're running through were actually the backs of enormous torteras. <laughs> but the uh, there, there's a scene where they they have the, basically an action sequence where they're running away from uh, from like the earth separating and upturning around them, and uh, they take a nasty fall and Pikachu becomes badly injured. And there's a and when you see the Pikachu with his fur matted and lean and uh, and like and clearly in pain, it's it, it, it oh boy that was a that that was a moment because they they made um that Pikachu look very sad and injured. But then um the way that Justice Smith reacts to it is, I don't know. It, I I thought he was a, just a really really good emotive actor in this movie. But that didn't uh, overdo anything. Yeah, he really sold it. Yeah, I w- I would very much agree. He was uh very very good in just about every aspect of the film. He was the high point of that uh Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom movie. Like oh, he was okay. he was oh, really. Yeah. I forgot he was in that. The two young actors in that, him and uh, the woman, like geneticist uh, med student, those two were way more interesting than Chris Pratt and whatever I forget Bri- what the Bryce, word. Bryce Dallas yeah. Howard. They they were so much more interesting, and when they disappeared for half the movie, I was like, oh well, I guess I'm not really interested in this anymore. Like they were so good in that movie. Yeah, he was also in a Netflix show called The Get Down that I know was no, I, 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 know. I know was very expensive because I, I read about how much of a financial loss it was. <laughs> but uh, but oh, uh, yeah, but it was supposed to be good, but like too expensive for Netflix to keep going. And Netflix has more money than like Google, so that's a uh, that's that's got to be real expensive. But this You're is not the, wrong. yeah, but this is the first thing that uh that just I've seen Justice Smith in, in and I was pretty impressed by him, mm. and. Uh, but but and uh, but the other acting performances other than Reynolds and Smith I'm I'm less certain about uh, I, Bill Nye was cool though but I I mean yeah. I always I always think of, think of him as the uh, as the eccentric rock star in Love Actually so I will I will automatically like Bill Nye in anything I feel I just... it in my fingers <laughs> I feel <laughs> it in my toes I'm I hate much, that movie I'm too much of a nerd so Bill Nye is forever going to be Rufus Scrimger and or Davy Jones <laughs> oh right that's right yeah, yeah. yeah death boy yeah exactly he was great in those and like and, yeah, and, uh, and uh, uh, he's also in every one of the uh, of the blood and ice cream trilogy uh, that uh, those Simon Pegg movies he was um <laughs> he, he he's his uh, Simon Pegg zombie stepdad in uh in uh, uh oh, yeah. in, why, why can't I think of it um um Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, in, in Shaun of the Dead. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, I automatically like Bill, Bill Nighy, and he has, I think, maybe the most, maybe the wildest character in this movie. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, I mentioned there was the uh, the sort of uh, tech CEO that runs a lot of Rhyme City. Uh, Bill Nighy has some kind of degenerative disease. He uh, uses a wheelchair, and he created Rhyme City because he loves Pokemon and invented a like a sort of utopian. Metropolis, where people in Pokemon can live side by side, but in the first of a handful of completely insane twists, uh, he ends up as the villain of the movie, where they they pull a bit of a bait and switch, where the audience expects his son to be the villain, and um, Bill's uh, I, I should say it, the character's name is Howard Clifford, but I'm calling him I'm calling Bill Nye Bill, like I know him like he was my next door neighbor or something. <laughs> it's uh, like how Jackie calls Josh Groban Josh. I'm like you don't <laughs> actually know him. <laughs> uh, the, Yes, uh, but so anyway, um, my my best friend Bill, he is uh, <laughs> his ultimate plot is that he wants to become a Pokemon because he views Pokemon's ability to evolve as being a, an existence beyond human existence, and also a way of him being able to live on without uh, being a, an elderly man with a degener- with a degenerative disease. So he 
uh, uses some very questionable technology to switch minds or enter the body of a uh, of a genetic experiment Mewtwo, and then uses Mewtwo's powers and a drug that they've been uh, that uh, Tim and Pikachu were investigating that's been uh, you know uh, spread around Rhyme City to turn people into Pokemon, or at least have people's minds inhabit the bodies of their po- partner Pokemon. So yeah, the, that's a thing that happens. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so the that is very much a Pokemon villain plot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I, th- I think I actually believe in Pokemon video game villain plots more than this. Like, like N's desire to free Pokemon from captivity makes more sense than this to me. I remember Lysander's motivation in X and Y was just, I want to kill 70% of the population. Just because... <laughs> oh, just just upgraded Thanos is what you're telling me right now. That, that's liter- liter- literally the plot of X and Y is the bad guys have a giant laser beam. We should probably go stop them before they kill everybody. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, even, I'm not even sure what Team Skull's uh, plot is in Pokemon Sun and Moon. Except They, they, they I, didn't I, have one. Yeah, I, I, think, I think they just want to be as fly as possible. Team Skull. <laughs> yeah, Team Skull... <laughs> team, team Skull's plan was to basically just to be hoodlums and be and have great dance moves and, so uh, as, and, and have and you know be a, a subject for many many cosplays so as soon as they kind of played out that this was the story that they were going for like this was the villain's evil plan y'all figured out who pikachu really was at that point right like at, at yeah at the, during I, the whole movie they kept sh- like not showing the face of uh justice smith's dad and yeah. so i was like okay either this is going to be like a big you know, reveal where it's like uh, Chris Evans or something like that. Like his dad is actually Captain America or it's just going to be Ryan Reynolds. And as soon as they like illustrate that this is what the villain's main plan is, I was like, oh, okay, it's going to be Ryan Reynolds. And I got to say, as stupid as I thought it was going to be, it was actually really heartwarming. <laughs> it, was <laughs> it was really like it worked. Like, yeah, it, it was, it was really sweet when um, it, uh, the scene at the very end of the movie where um, Ryan Reynolds is uh, character. Harry is, obviously desperate to connect to his son and he has had been you know protecting and accompanying tim for the whole movie as a pikachu with his own amnesiac uh, mind inside of it was it was it was it was a moment and when uh and the scene where harry and tim are together and the pikachu is with them but is making pikachu noises now i don't know it it, uh it, it was quite heartwarming I, I would agree. Yeah, I, I would agree. It was uh it's completely insane that <laughs> it, it was absolutely insane but I, it, you know, it really because did work. Mewtwo. <laughs> uh, yeah, reasons. It, it, it's weird. I mean, I wouldn't call it body horror, but like the body switching plotline is, is with uh, you know, the gas hidden inside the uh, that uh, well that facilitates the body switching hidden inside the balloon. Yeah, I mean, it's basically the plot of X Men Three combined with the original '89 Batman. Yeah. So like, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I was only... I was I was gonna make the Batman comparison. Mm-hmm. This is the only time anything will ever be positively compared to X Men: The Last Stand. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. That is, uh, yikes. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of amazing how they made two good X Men movies, then two, then a bad one. Yeah! And the first X Men movie has then, not held up very well. And, and then two pretty good ones, and then two amazingly bad ones. Oh, oh boy. X Men X Men Origins Wolverine from one of the lead writers of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 mm, we're not doing this, Peter. We're not know, doing Rob. this. We're not doing this. Yeah, okay, the, the, this is a Game of Thrones free podcast unless we are talking about a I, Game of I, Thrones I are, video I are, game. I, are, I already snuck it into the coming this week. I'm, I'm, right. I'm good. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. I am I am fifty fifty on cutting this all out of the podcast right now. <laughs> we'll be good. We'll I don't blame good. you. <laughs> but uh, okay, back to Pokemon. Um, yeah, those three crazy twists in the in a row. Uh, Bill Nye is the villain. Felt felt like a fair bait and switch. But then Bill Nye, uh, again, my best friend, next door neighbor. Um, like combining everyone, making everyone turn into Pokemon because he believes that's the next evolution of of humanity is you know crazy, but maybe fitting into the crazy plots of the evil teams of various Pokemon games. And then the final mm-hmm. crazy twist of that of the Detective Pikachu personality that could the only Pokemon that can communicate with a human being his dad turned into a Pokemon. I, I don't know. It was it was a lot. To, it was a lot to process at it, once. It was. Yeah. Yeah. An article that I read, I think maybe the day after I saw it, um, I, I don't remember if it was on AV Club or Kotaku or somewhere. They uh, they bring up that in the original Pokemon Red Blue, there is a scene 
where the character Bill, not my best friend Bill Nighy, the Bill the Pokemon uh, like computer system designer, does accidentally turn himself into a Pokemon, and you help him turn back into a human by manipulating a machine there. So there is maybe a precedent for this Pokemon uh, body switching experience. Yeah. Sort of. Oh, yeah. So a friend of mine was wondering how they're going to make a, a sequel to this. If they do a sequel to Detective Pikachu, well, it's like, well, how are they going to get the Pikachu talking again? I'm just like, they just hit up Bill. Like, the technology exists. <laughs> or ask Mewtwo to do it. I don't know. He can. He's, he's not doing anything. <laughs> it did feel a little final in that regards, though, because, like, yeah. you, you have the main conflict resolved. Yeah. So if I... they wanted to do more Pokemon movies, hopefully it would be... Uh, it would be, you know, we can you can do a different story. This universe has potential for different stories. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that um, if they did a Detective Pikachu 2, it would be uh, Harry, Tim, and Pikachu with no speech capability involved in some other crazy Pokemon caper. But we mentioned before, maybe they could do an, a red-blue adaptation that's, you know, the Rocky or Real Steel of the um, new PCU. Or... Uh, here's a question for you guys. Is there a kind of movie, or maybe just an existing movie, like mimicking the plot of a of a classic, that you think could work in an extended Pokemon universe? Yes. Okay, Peter, hit me. You sounds like you have something here. Heist movie. Oh, God, yeah. Yep, uh-huh. Because, so one of my favorite scenes from the Pokemon Generation shorts, the animated so, ones they put on all YouTube. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm just throwing this out there. Ocean's yeah. 11, but six of the 11 are Pokemon. I'm into it. Um, Got it. One of one of the best scenes in those animated YouTube shorts is there's a police raid on Team Rocket headquarters, and they show um, they use a Magnemite to um, disengage the locks. Um, yeah, bitch, Magnemite. Like, little, little things like that. Little things like that. There's an Arcanine like burning a hole through the steel door of like like they have like a vault set up that like to keep their supplies in or whatever, and the Arcanine just melts a hole in it. Like stuff like that. Like that could be. That, there's a lot of potential there. <laughs> Sounds like we got a movie already. Uh, Rob, do you care to uh, make the, you know, uh, uh, start up the stage two of the or phase two of the PCU? Well, I was going to say, like, Black Panther kind of plays out like a James Bond movie, so I'd kind of want to see a James Bond-esque uh, Pokemon movie, which could play into the caper thing if you wanted to go that direction. Hmm. Yeah, a, ma- a master spy whose partner is a, uh, like, a suave Lucario or something? They, they could do a movie about, um, what's that detective from... From Diamond and Pearl and Platinum. Oh, Looker, Looker. Yeah, Detective Looker. I, yeah, he shows up. He shows up in uh, in X, Y, and Sun Moon as well. I think. Yeah, right. yeah. That's right there. He's a traveling detective. Goes around the regions looking for trouble. <laughs> I was thinking you could have something like an Indiana Jones movie, where there's like an adventurer who has a Pokemon partner who's searching ancient ruins about ancient Pokemon, and maybe he, you know, un- uncovers a. Oh, what's a devastating Pokemon like a like a, a Groudon or a Kyogre that he that oh, they yeah. have to deal with for the apocalyptic uh, CGI heavy final scene that is you know, a, a require a requirement for a big time action movie nowadays. So yeah, that, yeah. I, okay, I think we have an entire phase one of the PCU now. Hey, say this for Detective Pikachu: there wasn't a giant pillar of light going into the sky. <laughs> and I don't know what that's a reference to. Uh, uh, I, 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 think, how... I think Crystal Skulls, right? Oh. Yeah, that that and just about how every uh. like every post Avengers blockbuster for a little while was about a portal opening up in the middle oh, of the sky and stuff fair. coming out. <laughs> Yikes! You know they they could do that for a future Pokemon movie and introduce the uh, oh shoot um what were the extraterrestrial Pokemon from Sun Moon called? Oh, uh, the Ultra Beasts. Yeah, Ultra Beasts. They they get a portal opens up in the sky and a bunch of Ultra Beasts emerge. Well, I liked how Bill Nye had um he had like a his his in his chair he had like a giant shrine to Dialga, Palkia, and Arceus. Yeah, like, uh, 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 was it it was Arceus and not Hiratina in the middle? I think so okay. because Arceus has the um the giant like port. I don't even know what you call it. It's the portcullis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rob, those are Gen 4 Pokemon that were our super godlike Pokemon of time, space, creation, and the void. Yeah, so, Arceus Goku. Is... <laughs> so Goku. All right. Ar- yeah, Ar- Arceus Goku. is literally Pokemon God. Yes. Okay, Goku it is. <laughs> uh, Ultra Instinct Arceus. Now, that's a scary uh, variant. But the... Yeah, I think that, uh, especially since this movie was pretty successful, it uh, it made back its production budget in the first mm-hmm. four days. And, uh, and again, in the first four days, made about $176 million worldwide, with uh, a little less than half of that in North America. The um, the largest region other than North America for that it had success was China. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so 176 million in the first four days against a 150 million dollar production budget. I think that this is enough to make more of these. 150 million is also not that much in today's blockbuster world. Yeah, so, in, like, in, in today's world of uh, again of uh, superhero movies and young adult fiction adaptations, 150 million is not insane. Uh, and also, we should probably mention. I mean, Pokemon, depending on by some measures, is the most successful entertainment franchise in history. Its yep. total its total gross is over ninety billion dollars. And uh, for comparison, uh, Star Wars has made about sixty six billion, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe has made about thirty three billion. Um, and most of that ninety million is not from video games. About uh, about twenty percent is from video games. Most of it's from merchandising and the uh, and uh, and also the anime and card series. Merchandising, but, merchandising, where the <laughs> real money is. That's truer than you think. Uh, so, I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry. Spaceballs the flamethrower. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, so Pokemon, one of the most uh, successful franchises in history. This is the first enormous budget live action Pokemon movie. I, I think there will be more of these, and this was them oh god, yeah, and, and this was them yeah. testing the waters a little bit. We spent, I mean, we spent ten minutes joking about an extended Pokemon cinematic universe, but I don't think that's a joke. No, they're, they're right. definitely – if they didn't have plans for that already, it's time to actually think about it. Now, yeah. the question is uh, – I, I mean, Nintendo apparently had one of the rules that you can't show the Pokemon fighting too much. So I wonder yeah. if that yeah, – I, I think they wanted to, um, like, uh, communicate the Pokemon fantasies of cooperation and sort of pet ownership and and companionship and not the and not the fighting because I think if not, they made mm-hmm. if they made the movie about Pokemon fighting there would be a you know a weird undercurrent of dog fighting or cock fighting that 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 you could um that that you might yeah, be communicated but, so that, so they made so they made it clear that Pokemon fighting was discouraged in Rhyme City and they made the action very very cartoonish when they, when there was Pokemon mm-hmm. fighting although although man that one guy's Charizard that shows up that thing is gnarly looking yeah, yeah that was cool yeah I it dig was, that. And um uh and the Gyarados that they speed evolved to to counter the Charizard was uh was pretty intimidating looking too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I just wonder, like you know, as much as I want those Pokemon uh, kind of crossover movies that we were talking about or different styles, I don't think Pokemon Bloodsport is really going to work out. No. Uh, no. You know, although you could have that awesome montage in the middle of it, where like now that music is stuck in my head. <laughs> Speaking of music, I, I think the moment that maybe got the biggest laugh in the whole theater when I saw the movie on uh, on Sunday uh, was when they, they have the you know the uh, officially required low point of the movie where Tim and Pikachu separate because Pikachu thinks that he betrayed Harry when they look at some uh, some footage of what happened in the lab with Mewtwo. The uh, all is lost moment. Yeah, the all exactly. So short, shortly after the all is lost moment, there's a scene where Pikachu is singing the Pokemon anime theme song. Oh while, god, that was so good. While while sobbing, and and the moment that the audience in the theater I was at <laughs> realized what was going on, they all just dissolved into laughter. It was great. That was great. <laughs> oh, I also liked uh, the credit sequence that uh, that showed them always like manga style. That was super mm-hmm. neat. That was yeah, really good too. It, it started it started out as the game as the, the like a Game Boy screen, and then they went manga style for a minute and anime style for a minute. It was a very very good credit sequence. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I also um we haven't even talked much about Lucy the 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 other character. I thought she, I she grew on me. I did not think pre- I did not think it was a great performance, but I didn't hate the character. But it's like, uh, you're just, eh, you're you're not once, as interesting as Tim. What, Pikachu. Yeah, once she got well, her introduction was my roommate was like, oh no. <laughs> um, I liked her Psyduck though. Her Psyduck no, was one her, of the best. Her Psyduck was terrifying. Her Psyduck was hilarious, <laughs> and they, I mean, it was a little bit. Uh, I mean, that was one of the parts of the movie that was really inspired by the anime because Missy's Psyduck, like being a an annoying ball of stress that can occasionally explode into powerful psychic attacks is that's not really something that's in the game. Psyduck is just a normal Pokemon with some psychic moves. Mm-hmm. But but in the anime, we got like a taste of what this anime Psyduck is like in this movie, which was I mean for a couple really good comedy moments like <laughs> she, the fact that whenever she drives Psyduck around, she has to play like spa music and massage him to prevent him from freaking out. <laughs> I like how it was oh it, it was totally like 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 goading, goading on uh, Pikachu to to massage its feet because it's like if you don't, I'm gonna explode. <laughs> that was really, really good. Yeah, that, that was that was a moment that that felt like okay, yeah, this is a lived-in Pokemon universe. This is something that a uh, you know, like a, a 
I, I don't know, an overzealous dog owner with a very anxious dog. This is the kind of move move that they would make. So it totally makes sense mm-hmm. in Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. It's accurate, too. Just but, when it comes to having emotionally driven dogs. Oh, yeah. No, I, I have had uh, some anxious dogs and some more chill dogs. And, and you know, you interact with... Uh, dogs have their own feelings of personal space and, uh, and you know, emotional centers. So... Again, the, uh, I think that part of the fantasy of Pokemon is like you know appeals to the dog owner or pet ownership side of uh, of people, which again maybe mm-hmm. not because I I love dogs and cats this is part of why I really like Pokemon and have for many years. But uh, let's see, what else have, have we, we hit on? I mean, we talk. I mean, I really wanted to get into the insane ending of this movie, it, which uh, uh, I, I mean, yeah. I mean the, the moment at the train station with uh, where you see that it's a. Uh, that it's a, a a slightly disheveled detective version of Ryan Reynolds hugging hugging Tim at the end, um, mm-hmm. that was a real moment. Uh, uh, it was powerful. Yeah. yeah, it was really powerful. Yeah, that was good. Good little bookend. Like one of those moments that you don't think is going to work until it very suddenly does, and that that mm-hmm. was special. The the other mom, uh, moment in the movie that had me near tears, if not if not openly weeping was a scene around the middle. I mentioned that there's a scene where Pikachu looks injured, and for a minute you're devastated, kind of like, you know, uh, w- w- when you see, I don't know, an, uh, a dog or a cat injured in a movie, and, and you just flinch openly at that. But then uh, they eventually take the Pikachu to get healed by Mewtwo, because they're led to Mewtwo by a pack of Bulbasaur. And mm. and and Tim is trying to tell the Bulbasaur, get help, get help, and the Bulbasaur doesn't seem to understand. But then they do a callback to an earlier part of the movie where Pikachu tells Tim, hey, like, we can't communicate, but we can still understand you. Uh, and, like, calling back to that, the uh, the Bulbasaur brings a bunch of his other f- Bulbasaur friends, and they lead Tim and Pikachu to uh, a place where Mewtwo is so Pikachu can get healed. But, like, him uh, connecting with the Bulbasaur and seeing those really, really cute uh, Bulbasaur pack uh, going around the the Forest Creek area that uh, that t- part of the movie takes place in, I, I I loved that. Like that is the Pokemon fantasy to me. Just like connecting with these weird alien animals. I, it I, was I, really I, good. I, I loved it, it. Really, it really worked. And I I think it's further evidence that there is a lot of different things they can do with this if they decide to make it into a big old franchise, which I think I think we all kind of know they're going to. Like yeah, they can I don't, do I don't it. know. I don't know how far they're going to take it, but I think that there there will be there will be a PCU of some kind. Oh yeah, no, they have to. I mean, they're they're certainly doing better than uh, DC right now. You know, DC's no, w- start- DC is starting. To DC's come out getting of its act together. It is. I, I, like, I, Warner I, Brothers really wants a franchise. And uh, and and Warner Brothers did make this movie with a uh, cooperation from Nintendo. But uh, right. Yeah, I mean, and DC's being smart now. Like, we need to build up individual characters instead of jumping ahead to just to Justice League because they were they were feeling Avengers envy. Um, I I think that Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Shazam were all good. Yeah, I think all three of the if that was the start of the DC cinematic universe would be okay right now. And mm-hmm. we're all patiently awaiting a good Godzilla movie cuz good lord King of the Monsters looks nuts. It um, looks nuts. The, that's the, isn't that the same that's also legendary, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I think I think they want to do a, a cinematic universe out of that of some kind. But there was that really good um Shin Godzilla movie from a couple years ago. So That was also that was That was, that was the Ava director, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shin, God, Shin, Shin, Shin Godzilla was fantastic. Yeah, that, I need to watch I, that. I, that that one had more like it felt like a, like an alien invasion horror movie at times. Yeah, uh, Rob, I think you'd like you'd like Shin Godzilla a lot. I, 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 I mean, I, I love my uh, my freaking what you call it. Like, I, I love Evangelion, so you know, it's, it's it's got like the Ava body horror going on, and then it's also just kind of a biting political satire. It's 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 it's. it's I did good. read about that. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> the Godzilla anime series, which I I think. I think was on Netflix. I'm not 100 percent sure. Oh, it's sure. trash. That that <laughs> was that was not very good at all. Like 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 reading the premise of it is is pretty interesting, but it's it's not good, unfortunately. Uh, but, but anyway, let's talk about a different kind of monster and go back to the one that fits in your pocket. Um, uh, so we think there will be more Pokemon movies. We think that uh that this one was a a surprisingly good first step. That uh. You know, I mean, it it felt like a real movie. This did not feel like a cheap production or a B movie at all. This was this was them really, really going for it. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, and, I would agree. And the director uh, is very, very uh, experienced with CGI. He was a 
a technical specialist with DreamWorks, and then eventually directed Shark Tale and Monster Ver- Monsters vs. Aliens. But this is by far, I think this is by far his most not, successful Not movie. the best resume, but you no, know. No, no, not, not a great resume. <laughs> not a great resume. The, uh, well, the, the, the dude who's doing uh, King of the Monsters is actually uh, the same director for Krampus. So I have very high hopes because Krampus was amazing. Yeah. And, and who directed the first uh, Godzilla? Was that Gareth Edwards? That was Gareth. That was Gareth uh, Edwards. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, that movie's way more clever than it thinks it is. Like, well, uh, excuse me. It, it thinks it's way more clever than it actually is. Yeah. Okay. Examining Sorry. examining Rob Letterman's IMDb page, he also directed the terrible Gulliver's Travels Jack Black movie ten oof. years ago. Oh. So this so uh, so this is oof. really this is really his biggest hit. Um. <laughs> And we mentioned uh, that it had a very a strong opening weekend that was maybe slightly below expectations because they were probably just setting very high expectations for themselves. But uh, there's one segment that How Did This Get Made does in every episode that I want to borrow for right now. Uh, what they usually do whenever they review, talk about a movie, they go into Amazon and look at five-star reviews from the, uh, the movie's most ardent fans. Uh, but unfortunately, we can't do that here because this movie does not have any uh, a page on Amazon. So I went to the Rotten Tomatoes page and found um, a few of the reviews that I think are the most amusing or enlightening. So let's let's go over a couple of these. All right. Uh, first yeah. of all, from Ravi S. Pikachu is Pika Pika. Five stars. He's not wrong. <laughs> and next, I see nothing wrong with this criticism. And next from uh, Biga R. It's a good film for people that like Pokemon and even for people that doesn't. Five stars. <laughs> hey, oh, I boy. could see people taking their kids to it. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, no. The children will really, really enjoy this movie, especially my, uh, especially for my, everything that the, that the Pikachu does. My my little cousins are just getting to the age where they're getting into Pokemon. Like, my, 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 my uh, Dirk shows me his Pokemon card collection every time I visit. So, um... I think, uh, and I was I was telling his his dad, yeah, you know, you could totally take him to this. It's it's you know, it's appropriate. It's funny. They'll laugh. So yeah, yeah. It, no, children will laugh at Pikachu talking, and adults will laugh at Pikachu's coffee obsession. Exactly. <laughs> All right, and now another review from this one's from Thomas R. Been to see it, and it was brilliant. The Pokemon are cute, especially Pikachu and Psyduck, and the story is great. It is the best film based on a game since Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within ever. Whoa. Oh, um, mm, 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 mm. well, first of all, we have to contend that Spirits Within is not good. Yes, uh, um, Peter, you and I uh, talked about Spirits Within at length on a podcast uh, about a year and a half ago or so. Yep, and we came to the conclusion that none of the Final Fantasy movies are good, but Advent mm-hmm. Children we- is weirdly the best of them. <laughs> yeah, and uh, am- amusingly, uh, I, d- I also found another uh, little tidbit here. Um, what do you think was the highest opening weekend for a video game adaptation movie before Pokemon. Pokemon set the record uh, with uh, last weekend, but what do you think was the Street Fighter, movie? The Legend of Chun-Li. No, uh, I would say Rampage. Interesting. Peter, do you have, do you have a guess? Warcraft? It is Ooh. the 2001 Tomb Raider movie starring Angelina uh, Jolie. Uh, I, I forgot about that. Yeah, of course it is. And, and you know it, what? That movie's excellent because it has Rimmer from Red Dwarf in it. So, yeah, and, that, and that, that makes it good. Also, I think they made like three of those Tomb Raider movies. Uh, they made two. They made okay. two of them. The second one was kind of disastrous. Okay, I have one more five-star review to share first, though. Uh, this one's from Nick L. All of the professional critics review about how bad this movie. Maybe they shouldn't watch oh, it God. if it says Pokemon. It's like going to a war movie and say you love peace and not war. Detective Pikachu is a great movie, and we finally got a real-life Pokemon movie. Watch if you like Pokemon and want the good old time of Pokemon back in elementary school. Five I, I stars. Feel like I, I feel like I just read a review that said, what about quests? <laughs> Pretty sure that just happened. And anytime somebody's like, well, don't trust the critics, I'm always like, mm, but... Yeah, oh, God, the, the, uh, a Jersey Girl moment. This, maybe this movie wasn't for the critics. What, I what like Jersey that? Girl. I don't care what anybody says. It's not my favorite Kevin Smith movie, or even close to it, but I, I think people are exaggerated in their dislike of it. I was... I, I, was get, sorry. I, got to t- I got to tell Kevin Smith I liked it, so there you go. Cool. And he that's was like, cool. "Oh, you were the only one." I was like, "Oh, come on, man!" Like, no, that's an Kevin Smith is Kevin Smith is a super down to earth guy, and yeah, I, I like him. I, I think that's an appropriately self deprecating response from him. <laughs> no, it was he, funny. It was definitely funny. It, it's funny because we were so we were talking about because I think before Detective Pikachu, there were a couple video game movies that came really close to being good, or like they had it, clearly the people involved really cared about the source material, but 
the story was not there. And the two examples I always go to are Silent Hill and Warcraft. My my my, my, my roommate stands for the the Warcraft movie, and I totally get it. I, w- I but... wanted I just wanted that Warcraft movie to be only about the orcish tribalism. And yeah, no, and yeah, yeah. The orcs in that movie none were great. Of, yeah, none of the human stuff. I wanted that movie to be just. Uh, um, Oh shoot! Uh, Doom Hammer and Goldan and those guys, or uh, yeah. whatever. What's the name of Thrall's that, that, dad? Where, I forget. That, uh, Toby Kebbell? Duratan. Duratan. That was it. Yes, Duratan. And I, then, the and bit then, where Goldan is drinking yeah. souls like a martini makes me laugh every time. Then <laughs> it reminds me of like Dracula in one of the Castlevania games, like like uh, with a wine glass that he smashes to the floor when uh, when whichever Belmont challenges him. That, that Silent Hill movie too. Like the, they got the look down pat, and they oh, used yeah. the sound effects yeah. and everything. The problem is that once again, like every Silent Hill game since two and three, they keep recycling the same monsters, and that's not how this that's not how this world's supposed to work. Right. It's it's not about the aesthetic of the movie it's about the feel and and it always comes back down to this and this is uh you know i'm echoing my dad who you know watching movies with him is one of my earliest memories as a kid but you got to have a story and like Mm -hmm. that's the thing that sets detective pikachu aside and uh solosi you kind of started the whole conversation with it this was kind of a decent-ish detective story before the pokemon even got involved so that that's important. Like you need to have an actual story before you can actually make it anything good. And so they did the right thing with Detective Pikachu. They got the story right. I think maybe yeah. uh, personally, I think what's more important than the story for a movie like this is the earnestness of the approach. They they yeah. really they really went for it. They went. Uh, they I you read stories about how Bill Nye got very into Pokemon, even though uh, um, while making this movie, even though he wasn't a fan before. And they had uh, like a team of Pokemon experts that worked with the writers and the director to make sure that everything was consistent, design and lore wise. Like, how, how does one become a how does one become a Pokemon me. expert? Excuse yeah, me. Right? Lickitung's tongue is supposed to be seven feet long. <laughs> oh, God. The Lickitung showed up, and I about lost it. Uh, yeah. Please do not correct me on that. I was making fun. I swear to God, if you try to correct me on that, I will hurt you. Okay, I'm going don't worry. To don't worry. This, po- this out podcast is not popular enough to get uh, corrective fan <laughs> <laughs> We haven't but, reached Giant Bomb status. Good. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Yeah. Giant Bomb, the, I think they're the opposite of RPG fan because their podcast is more popular than their website. But <laughs> true, but, yeah, well, not wrong, isn't it? But, okay, is, um, is, you know, it's, you know, it's weird that Lickitung's evolution has a smaller tongue than Lickitung yeah, does. It's anyway, little, it's a little bit weird. <laughs> the, yeah, like like the the tongue doesn't grow, but the body does. That that seems you know uh, converse to the approach of what Lickitung is. When, when they when they made evolutions for a bunch of non evolving Pokemon in later uh, games, that sometimes threw me off a little bit. It's like like, also, what, like what do you mean? There's three evolutions of Magmar now. There used also, to be just also. One. Re- also, Rob, Lickitung's tongue is six feet and six inches. Wow. Yeah, you, I, got, I, got, I got close. I got close. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. So, all right. If we're talking about the exact length of Lickitung's tongue, maybe we're near the end of the episode. <laughs> I think we've I think we've gone too far. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> Not well, really. uh, I, I mean, I don't think this movie went too far, though. It was a really earnest attempt at a Pokemon movie. They had a real plan and a real story, and they execute and good performances at, for the most part. And I think they um, they mostly succeeded. It's at I think it's going to be a financial success. I would be shocked if there aren't follow ups to it in the next few years. And again, uh, no Jeremy Piven, but I think we have a new PCU on our hands. I would agree. I think there, there there's a lot more that can be done with this. I think the idea of a franchise is really cool. Uh, more of this, please. Yes. I yep, I agree. I want I want more. Like that's that's one of the best feelings when you come out of a movie and you're just like, yeah, I want. I wish there was more of this. I yeah, want there to be more. Let's, let's do more. And I I think that they can do it. I would just caution them that they should probably continue on this path of let's make a movie that has a story first and then set it in the Pokemon universe. So, you know, bring on that heist movie that Peter was talking about. And I think you might actually have something pretty good there. Yeah. I'm I'd be super down for, for doing just, let's just take genre, take like a popular genre flick and just do a Pokemon twist on it. Pikachu. That was it's, way it's too high of a key. I of the Growlithe. It's the thrill of nice. the fight. You know, there, there was a Pokemon. <laughs> there was a Pokemon War in 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 canon. So maybe we can do Pokemon yeah. Dunkirk. 
Wow. Oh, man. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, that escalated uh, quickly. How about a saving private Trico? They got to oh, go, go deep into enemy lines to rescue one Pokemon that's more important than the platoon. Oi, vey. <laughs> okay, no, Director okay. Christopher Nolan. <laughs> what would a Pokemon version of Inception be like? We can combine Peter's heist movie with some psychic Pokemon powers and then get real weird. Something using Dream Eater, maybe? I would say it would involve Darkrai, maybe. Ooh, yeah, yo, that'd be cool. Yeah. I'm into that. Okay, so okay, now we're talking about a Darkrai Pokemon Inception movie. Where the podcast is definitely over. Thank you so much, listeners, for listening, for uh, hearing us jaw about Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Not the game, which is just Detective Pikachu. You have to put Pokemon in front to differentiate the two for a full hour. And uh, uh, thank you, Peter and Rob, for talking about this movie with me. Uh, in the rest of May, we have uh, a lot of exciting content for you. Um, Peter, you hosted a second Chrono Cross episode that is coming next week. Yep, we'll be getting, we'll be uh, completing our journey um, to find the frozen flame. Talking about uh, what Chrono Cross does right, uh, what it, everything. I, I really love Chrono Cross. No, it's a, it's an amazing game. We'll everything. <laughs> I'm just making sure. <laughs> just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the ending's a little rushed, okay? But I might be able I might be able to live with that. <laughs> but but we, but yeah, it it was a, it was a fun episode. Loved revisiting that game. I uh, look forward to hearing part 2 of that show. Right on. And after that, we have a special quiz show episode that is inspired by the podcast Ask Me Another. Uh four RPG fan staff compete to be the, you know, a trivia champion. And You're gonna got, pull yourself out of that one, right, Celeste? No, no, I wrote, I wrote the questions. I, I'm, okay, I'm not, I was I'm gonna not, say, no. like, that's not fair. Like, yeah. that's like, it, it, it really, it really would not be fair if I, especially if I entered a tournament in which I wrote all of the questions. That's that, that seems like a conflict of interest. Your encyclopedic knowledge is kind of uh, frightening at times. Is a nice way of putting it. So, like, you know, don't do that. Yeah, nah, well, okay, I don't mean to toot my own horn a little bit. I've, I've written a lot of trivia questions in the past because I was on a, uh, a, a quiz bowl team in high, in high school and college that, you know, went to national tournaments. And Nerd! I had, and, 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 I, and we even hosted our own tournaments with student-written questions. So, like, writing the questions for this <laughs> weirdly brought me back to uh, my high school and college quiz bowl days in a, in a way I was not expecting. But, anyway, uh, I, I am not competing in the quiz show episode but four other rpg fan staff are and they uh we haven't finished recording them yet we've done two out of the three phases but uh that it's shaping up to be a really entertaining episode so please look forward to that in two weeks and also rpg fan has many fine uh podcasts and content for you if you go to rpgfan.com you can find links to instagram to twitter to facebook to twitch uh to a, a variety of rpg th- uh, flavored content. We even had a recent Mother's Day episode. Episode, sorry, a, re- a recent Mother's Day feature talking about the best moms in RPGs. And I think we're going to do a similar one for Father's Day in a month or two, or whenever Father's Day is. Don't tell my dad that I have no idea when Father's Day is. But please um, follow RPG Fan on all of those platforms for great RPG video game flavored content. So, uh, Peter, if listeners want to reach out to you, how should they do so? Um, if listeners want to find me, you can email me, peter at rpgfan.com, um, with any news inquiries, tips, anything uh, podcast-related. You can also find me on Twitter at I Have Fury, though I'm, uh, honestly, I really need to distance myself from that help site a little bit more. <laughs> Probably me too. I mean, I don't. I, uh, I spend way too much time on Twitter, and it's not good for my health, I think. But, uh, Rob, if uh, listeners want to reach out to you, how should they do so? Or can they, they can't. Even? They can't. Right. I don't. Just not really interested. <laughs> you are wiser than I, sir. I, I can. I do what I can. But, uh, listeners, I am not as smart as Rob. You can find me on the internet at, ev- at Evoker for Dogs or at The Real Monsoon on Twitter. And you can email me, Solosi, at RPGFan.com or email the podcast related questions, retro at RPGFan.com. So uh, I think that about does it. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us on this Pokemon journey. Thank you. Good night and good luck. I want to be the very best Like no one ever was To catch them is my real test To train them is my cause I will travel across the land Searching far and wide These Pokemon 
Gotta catch them all. Gotta catch them all. Pokemon. <laughs>